Alrighty guys, welcome to the Back to the Boat Fitness and Performance Podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with Justin. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on, guys? And today, we're going to answer one of the questions that someone submitted. Um, so let me pull this question up real fast. Uh, if you guys are ever interested in submitting questions on the email that we send out, by the reminder that the podcast came out, uh, there is a tab at the bottom of that email where you can feel free to input suggestions and ideas if there's something that you want to hear us specifically talk about. Uh, so for today, the question was rest period, the importance of rest, why we need it, how do you balance working hard, being consistent, yet also getting rest? Can you work out six days a week while building in rest? What does rest really mean? And I thought that Justin would probably be a really good person to talk to about this because as we all think, Justin works out seven days a week and never takes rest. <laughs> you know, that's not really true, right? I know he builds it in there, but that's why I thought Justin would be a, a good person to talk to us about this. So, Justin, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just dive right in. Well, uh, thank you for saying that, uh, that though I work out seven days a week, I certainly do rest and appreciate the importance of rest. And so, what's cool about this question, there's a lot of different directions to go, which makes it easy to, uh, to cover our, our time today and, and still have a lot to talk about. So, first thing is, I think a lot of people need to initially appreciate that rest is when our body adapts, right? Mm -hmm. So the training we do, the things that we do in the gym in order to build muscle, lose weight, improve fitness, improve power, whatever it is our goal is and the hard training we do, we have to rest after that training to actually allow our body to adapt to the training we do. Okay. So I always tell people like, we don't actually get stronger, more muscle, bigger, leaner, etc. in the gym. Right? Mm -hmm. The work we do in the gym then allows our body to adapt. So we have to stress our body through exercise, through training. It's a stressor, which then we allow our body to rest and recoup. And from that rest, we actually allow the adaptation process to take place. So rest is as critical as training when it comes to the development of these things that we're looking for. Right? If I don't actually allow my body to recover, then I never get to express or, or see the fruits of my labor, essentially. Yeah. Okay? So I have, to, I have to build in rest. I have to allow recovery to take place in order to actually get any benefit from the training that I'm doing. Right? And okay. there are certainly some people out there and some situations where people are training too much, too, too frequently, and not appreciating rest. Right? Mm -hmm. Would you be able to give us an example of what that would be? Yeah, so somebody training seven days a week and every single day is high intensity, and like let's say like four di four out of the five days a week that they're training, they're working the exact same muscle groups and trying to go 100% every single day. Okay. Right? That would be an example. Another example would be somebody who likes to run a lot and they run six or seven days a week and every single day they're trying to see how far and how fast they can go. Okay. That would be an example of somebody who's training too much, too excess, right, and not valuing the same recovery. Muscles over and over. Exactly. And the intensity is high. The volume is high, right? Okay. So the, the intensity of the work in that case and the amount of work that's being done on the whole body as well as your, your mind, your brain, having to work so hard every single day without any respite, that is an example of, of somebody who's training too much, too hard, mm -hmm. and a lot of times those people end up with injuries or issues, right? So you're saying that even though you do the same thing, you can manage different intensities throughout the day, yeah. and that can be considered some sort of version of rest? So that's what that's one of the things I wanted to get to later. So you mentioned me training seven days a week, right? 
And I think people hear that and they're like, oh, wow, Justin, like exercise every day. But not every day is a high intensity day, right? So there are days where I am working in the weight room on high intensity activities. There are days where I'm working multi-directional speed and I'm working things at at a very high clip, right? But there are also days where I'm doing conditioning work that relative to my capabilities in terms of what I've developed over time, they're actually very low intensity. Right? There are days where I'm doing repetitive things that are keeping my heart rate within a certain zone. Right, I'm not working too hard, I'm not thinking too hard, I'm not moving through like high speed or high intensity, I'm not lifting heavy weights, I'm doing something that is more low intensity cardiovascular or aerobic stimuli, which actually can help to facilitate or improve recovery. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So basically, to your point, I don't mm-hmm. exercise intensely or at super long durations every day, and I'm always varying what parts of my body, what parts of the system are being most taxed. Mm -hmm. And by changing that intensity, and changing the length of the exercise, and changing how I go about it, I'm able to do something every day, but the goal of each session is different, right? And they're not all like, I'm gonna come in and crush myself and redline myself and work my hardest. Some of them are actually, in some ways, to my mind, like somewhat lazy, right? Like Mm -hmm. some days it might be inclined treadmill walking or step ups with a sandbag where my heart rate never gets above 130 beats per minute and I'm watching a lacrosse game while I do or listening to a podcast, right? Or an audio book. That, that's the kind of thing where it's, it's almost, I'm exercising, I'm maintaining some level of physical activity, but from a relative intensity perspective, it's not intense at all. And it actually helps me to feel better. I'll also couple that sometimes with like a mobility session. So I'll do that like kind of aerobic sweat session, and then afterwards I'll do 30 to 45 minutes of a circuit of very low intensity exercises that address my specific movement needs and my goals. So those sessions, again, I'm keeping my heart rate between like 100 and 120 beats per minute. I'm keeping the intensity low and I'm working on moving through ranges of motion that I know I need to maintain and continue to acquire. So when I do that, it again helps to facilitate recovery and allowing my body time to adapt and to restore. It's not digging myself a deeper hole by burning myself into the ground every day by exercising as hard as I can. Yeah, well, I think that's an important thing, too, is, like, it's not always about how long it is, right? It's about the intensity. It's about the heart rate. You're kind of managing what kind of zone you're in, so you can technically do full body every single day as long as you manage intensity and do it in different ways. Like, I wouldn't suggest heavy benching four days in a row. Exactly. But you could heavy bench maybe two of those days and then move through it on a much lower intensity, maybe with a lighter pusher variation, or even in a capacity circuit that we've had a lot of people do here before, like those five exercises that you're rotating through. Uh, Like we had a client come in the other day and she was just really sore on the upper body and it was like, okay, let's just move through the muscle, right? The last thing we want to do is just like when you get hurt, sit there and not do anything. Right? Let's get some blood flow, let's get moving, let's raise that body temperature, because in that way, like you said, that induces recovery. We don't need to push it. Fresh blood flow and oxygen to tissue is a hell of a drug. It is yeah. an incredible source of allow. Like that is what's going to allow your body to recover, is restoring blood flow and oxygen supply to tissue that has been worked mm-hmm. and is going through that adaptive process. And that is why it feels good to move at a low intensity. Low enough where you're not working too hard, but you're getting like a relatively light sweat going. Your heart rate's elevated, but it's not yeah. redlining, right? And so for somebody else, like like I have very specific goals, whether it's running 
hiking, uh, multi-directional speed, etc. For somebody who's just looking to exercise and to lose weight and to feel good and to, to improve their conditioning, this might look like the contrast between a day at the gym and going for a bike ride yeah. or a walk, right? Or, or a hike, That's right? right so, but again, like that. all of those things are forms of exercise. To me, that is still training every day if you're doing something every day like yeah. that, but you're not coming into the gym six days a week and hitting like heavy full body lifts, right? Mm-hmm. It's you're contrasting your highs with your lows. You're working really hard when it's time to work really hard, and then you're working on other things to develop your ability to recover, and you're building your aerobic system. Right, so if I build my, my aerobic system, my cardiovascular system, that improves the efficiency of my heart's ability to supply blood and my muscle's ability to utilize oxygen to allow me to contract my muscles, right? Yeah. If I improve my efficiency there, now I can actually work harder, longer when I am in the gym because it allows me to recover not only from session to session, but from exercise to exercise better. Yeah. And a lot of people have experienced this, right? They start out with us and they're like, that first day, like, I just feel so gassed. I, I can't even, yeah. I can't maybe finish my sets or, or something like that. But after a month of training with us, all of a sudden now you can get through three sets. You can get through higher intensity exercises. You can do more work in the gym because your work capacity has improved. Mm-hmm. Some of those lighter, lower intensity sessions go a long way to improving our ability to perform work and capacity because they're training the cardiovascular system to be able to go for a long time. It's essentially like building the gas tank on a car versus the horsepower, right? We need a big enough gas tank to actually allow ourselves to perform the work we want to to get the adaptations we want. Exactly. So that's... Go further and further. Yeah, and that's important. Now, the other caveat to this, though, on the other side of this, is that while rest is incredibly important, as we've mentioned, both for allowing me to recover and adapt from the training that I do, you have to train hard to earn that rest, right? If you don't actually train hard or train consistently enough, then all the resting in the world is not going to lead to anything because you haven't given your body enough of a stressor to adapt to anything, right? And so that means consistently training whatever number of times per week that you choose to do so, staying consistent with that. When you are in the gym and you do have those high intensity sessions planned, right? really coming in with your full focus, your full effort, and doing the very best you can on that day to basically create a stress for your body that your body has to recover from, right? If you're not doing those things, then what are you recovering from? What are you resting from, right? Sure, yeah. And you're not gonna see the, the progress that you want. So it has to be it has to be an appreciation for both sides of that coin, right? We have to we have to be able to create intensity, we have to be able to train hard and exercise hard with intent. And we have to really apply a stress to our body that signals the body saying, whoa, like we, we gotta recover from this, we have to adapt to this, and then we have to give it its time and the appropriate resources to do so. And that comes to things like sleep, right? Nutrition, all of those things help facilitate recovery. And that's why when we did the challenge a couple months back, we prioritized all aspects of health, right? It's like, yeah, you better be in here exercising and training hard. And you better be moving throughout the day to continue to build your work capacity yeah. and keep yourself healthy. But we also need to hydrate, we need to sleep, we need to make sure we're eating the right things at the right times, right? And all of that goes into recovery. So I think the big takeaway for everybody here is, yes, rest is incredibly important. It is the time when our body actually adapts to the stress of working out. But if we don't train hard and consistently enough and frequently enough, then 
rest isn't going to do anything because we're not resting from anything, right? Yeah. There's no, there's nothing to adapt to, okay? And that's that. I think is the biggest thing for people to take away. It's like if if you are coming in or you are training in your own way hard enough every week, then yes, you absolutely need to prioritize giving your body that period of time to adapt and to recover. If you are not consistently exercising hard or frequently enough, then there's nothing to recover from. So then let's take it, or average client, right? Say they do, what, once a week, semi-private, then maybe two or three small group classes. They all work out really intensely. We'll do someone who works out really intensely and then someone who doesn't work out really intensely. This person who works out three to four days a week really intensely, what should their recovery look at? Look like, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, I always encourage people to try to move in some way, shape, or form every day that they're not in here. Right, if I'm working with my athletes or with with people who are in the you know the adult group client section, right, um, I would say to them, even if you're coming three or four days a week, like I want you to do something outside of here, the other one to two days, and still give yourself like at least day six and seven to just fully rest and do whatever you want, but try to stay active. Go for a long walk with your significant other. Go for a hike. Go for a bike ride. Right. Do some sort of activity that is physical in nature that maybe you enjoy, right? Find something outside, especially in the summer, right? Spend some time outdoors. There's a lot of benefit to getting outside, seeing the sunshine, getting some sunlight on your body. It really does help the time. It's truly, and it helps your sleep, which then only helps your recovery more, right? Win-win. Exactly. Spend some time outside. So spend some time outside. Find something that you like to do outside that that involves you being physically active and moving around. If, for whatever reason, that's not possible, then a simple like mobility circuit with your body weight and some things that you might do or see in like a warm up that we would do in like a group class, right? That kind of thing done on your own can be really helpful for not only improving your movement to help you move pain free in the gym, but again, continuing to build that work capacity and facilitate recovery while you're outside of here, right? Now, if you're coming one, maybe two days a week, I wouldn't worry too much about recovery, right? Okay. Your first priority needs to be consistent, hard training for those one to two days a week that you're in the gym because you have the rest of the week to recover from those sessions, right? Mm-hmm. I would say you have to be training three, four plus days a week to really start to, to focus on recovery. Now, I would still say somebody who's training one to two times a week can benefit from continuing to move outside of these walls, oh, right? Really yeah, yeah. That's great so I would still encourage them to say, hey, like if you're coming one to two days a week, let's see if we can get one to two days a week where we do a little bit of a movement session where you go out for a walk. And we're trying to do that to every day, but I'm not gonna do that with somebody right away. I'm not gonna say, you need to move every single day right as you start with us, like yeah. every day you gotta do something. It's too much to bite off all at the same time. So let's go with one to two days in the gym, and let's see if we get one to two additional sessions where we do some focused walking, we do a little bit of mobility work, we do a bike ride, you know, whatever it is that you like to do, kayaking, paddleboarding, something on the water, right? That's a good one. All good options. Yeah. Um, even play golf, right? Walk the holes instead of ride a car, right? Yeah, I do that. <laughs> right? And but it like saves that's, you a lot of money, too. It does <laughs> save you money, right? And at the same time, look at your step counter by the time you're done, right? You've probably so walked much. a lot. Especially Actually, the game golf changes yeah, right. I'm sure it does. get to 18 and you start to get a little tired and you're like, oh, wow, I got to concentrate on my swing a little bit. Right? It's getting a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, like, when you're driving the car, it's like easy. Just oh, yeah, because you're, you're resting, right? I 36, no problem. So I would say just find find opportunities to move, to stay active outside of the gym. And that can go a long way to helping with your improvement in body composition, weight loss, things like that. Um, the more active you are on a daily basis, the more good things that are going to happen to your health. And then I would add one last thing to this, which would be, um, the importance of sleep, 
right? Mm -hmm. So sleep is the ultimate recovery tool. And I think a lot of people, um, they look for like fancy recovery means and their sleep is crap, frankly, yeah. right? So if you are sleeping four or five hours a night mm -hmm. or your sleep is fragmented or you're drinking caffeine like super late in the night or in the day. I don't know right? anybody who does that as you're on your third cup of coffee. Oh, yeah, well, wait a minute, but we're recording this at what, <laughs> noon? So like I, I don't drink coffee past a certain point in the day and there's a reason for that, right? Yeah. I drink a lot of it in the morning and the early afternoon, but past that I cut it off and I drink decaf if I ever have to. Mm. But there's a reason for that. I never knew you switched. I'm sneaky. I just like I just like the taste. I like the habit more than anything. Um, but yeah, so like if your sleep is fragmented, right? Sleep is when we consolidate memories. Sleep is when we learn new motor skills. Sleep is when our body literally cleanses our brain of the byproducts of the uh, energy metabolism throughout the day. So our brain is constantly having to work throughout the day. Well, there are byproducts to that. And our brain literally, uh, basically like a, a sewage system, pushes all of that out hmm. into our cerebral spinal fluid and out of our body in the night, right? And actually, if you don't sleep well, that's one of the highest correlations to things like Alzheimer's disease later in life, is wow. lack of sleep across the lifespan. I think I'm reading that stuff, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's really important. And from an exercise standpoint and a weight loss standpoint, if you do not sleep well, you are much more likely to make what we would consider poor food choices when you have the opportunity to either eat something that's heavy in fats and calories and carbohydrates versus a healthy food choice. So they'll look at like, they'll put out a spread and they'll sleep deprive one group and they'll give another group sleep. This group that has full sleep is much more likely to make good food choices while the sleep deprived group is over for the cheeseburgers and french fries. Yeah. And the reason is because our brain perceives lack of sleep as a stressor. It's a lack of recovery. It's a lack of energy on board. So we need to take in more calories and store more energy. Well, that's not a good thing if you're trying to lose weight, right? Yeah, so the exact opposite, actually. <laughs> yeah, and so if you're trying to recover from training, physically recover from training, so you continue to execute in the gym well, and you can lose weight, and you can learn new skills, like every exercise we do here, especially for somebody who has never done it before, is a new skill, right? Mm -hmm. You better be sleeping after that. You better be sleeping well. So I would say prioritize things like hydration, nutrition, um, movement on a daily basis. Does not need to be high intensity, but moving every day and then getting good quality sleep. Those are the most important recovery tools that you have in your toolbox. And then let everything else fall in place. And, and the last thing before we go here, um, sleep is one of those topics that you can go crazy for right through. And I don't want to get into it today because it is. Uh, pretty crazy, but if there is one piece of uh, material that you've learned about sleep, like someone who's struggling with sleeping or something, like a book, do you have something that our listeners can go out and buy, purchase, and read for themselves that might help? Yeah, um, I think there's a book by a guy named Matthew Walker, if I'm not mistaken, um, that he's a, he's a neuroscientist and a sleep researcher, but he wrote this book specifically for this topic so that somebody who is just in the lay public and wants to learn about the topic can consume it. Um, so if you Google Matthew Walker sleep, I can't remember off the top of my head the exact name of the book, um, but it's a really good resource. And he's also done a lot of like TED Talks, speaking engagements, podcasts. So if you're a person who likes audiobooks or podcasts or um, TED Talks, you can check him out. 
Um, again, his name is Matthew Walker. He's got a nice accent, so it makes it very listenable. Um, but <laughs> if awesome. you want to really dive in a little bit more, you can read his book. Um, and again, it's written for more of like not a scientific population, so it's a little bit more easy to consume. But you'll learn a lot, and it'll be very eye-opening. Uh, but in the end, frankly, the takeaway from that book is make sure you get good sleep. <laughs> uh, would it be called Why We Sleep? Yes. Ah, Why the we power sleep. of computers. There you go. Right so Greg, Greg's got his computer in front of his cheap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so Why We Sleep, Matthew Walker, check out his material. He does a great job. But again, like what he's doing is he's consolidating the research on sleep and telling us why sleep is so important. But the take-home message is just go sleep, right? <laughs> get enough of it. Set yourself up for quality sleep. Get off your phone. Turn the TV off. Turn the lights down an hour before you go to sleep. Have a bedtime routine, mm -hmm. have a consistent sleep and wake time, and prioritize sleep just like you prioritize nutrition and exercise because it's just as important. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man, for talking to us a little bit about rest. Again, we want to rest, but not rest too much. Understand how hard you're working out. Make sure every session you come in, you really put the work in, Absolutely. and you're on the rest, right? Work, work hard so that you have something to rest from. And rest isn't just sitting around. Rest is also moving. That's the last piece. All right, guys, have a good one. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon.